Welcome back, everyone. This week's episode, we have Shaquille Rashad on. He played football at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Shaq also played in the NFL, playing for the Texans after college. Shaq and I knew each other in high school, and it's been really great to be able to connect with people again because of this podcast. I was able to talk to him, and I haven't seen him in probably, I don't know, maybe six, seven years. He is the exact same as I remember him. Funny, always smiling, and just super, super kind. Shaq and I actually ended up meeting up in Denver because he came for a wedding and was passing through. We went and grabbed some drinks and some lunch, so it was fun to catch up and kind of hear about each other's lives. Without further ado, here is Shaquille Rashad. Thank you so much for meeting with me. Oh, it'll be a good time. It'll be a good time. Shaquille Rashad here with us. We went to high school together, fellow Eagles. I want to start with a two-word check-in. So two words. How you feeling? I'm great. That's that's a tough one, a two-word check-in. I've never done that, but I'm great. Yeah, I can't complain a bit. I'm happy with where I'm at, so I'm great. That's my two-word check-in. Right. That sounds awesome. Wanted to start with um, a little background. If you could give us timeline of yourself from, I guess, high school through college, NFL, where you're at now. Sure. Yeah. So graduated high school. It was weird. I left early. So December of 2011 is when I graduated. So I enrolled at UNC playing football up there. Started January of 2012. And I played four years, so I ended up graduating December 2012, and it was awesome. I love my time in Chapel Hill. Had a ton of fun, met a lot of great friends. I actually officiated one of those friends' weddings like a month ago. And so, like, people that I'll know for the rest of my life, for sure. After that, I went and spent, I think it was like exactly a year and a half um, out in Houston playing with the Texans, uh, which was a great opportunity. Had a ton of fun there. Got to play with some great players. And then they realized I stunk, so they cut me. And I went back to uh, I went back to Chapel Hill. I guess there was a little break in there for a little bit. I, I did the whole thing, right? I get cut. And, of course, you're flying around, trying out for teams. So Chiefs were one. Jags were one. There's some funny stories throughout it. But after a little while, like three, four months of that, I was like, I'm not going to put my whole life on hold to fly around and do these tryouts. So called it quits, went and coached at UNC for a year. Really loved it, but just knew that coaching wasn't going to be it long term for me. Like if at um, 45 years old, right, I was still on the phone at like 11 o'clock at night with a 16 year old telling them why, like I'm not. Uh, and so, so I got out of coaching and from there just knew I wanted to stick around with sports for a little bit and not for a little bit. I knew I want to stick around with sports long term. And so I went and worked at an agency for a little bit of sports agency. So got to work on that side of things, see what it was like on that side of pro sports. And then from there, moved back over a little bit closer, I guess, and ended up being at Teamworks, which is one of those companies that like if you're if you're in college sports, you probably heard of it. Um, If you're not, you've definitely never heard of it. But it's like software for collegiate and professional athletics. And so landed there and I've been doing sales there ever since. So I got there November of 19. Um, and it's been great. I've had a good time doing it. Get to work with coaches, ADs. And it's been a good time. Where are you located right now? 
I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. That's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. I will say, I forgot to tell you this. The one thing I remember about you in high school is that you loved Justin Bieber. (laughs) I followed you at some point on Twitter. And I remember I would always see like something, love Justin Bieber, new song coming out, pumped for this album. Still a case. I still love Bieber. Like that's my boy. Like I, the thing that I'll always be able to say with pride is that like, I've been a Bieber guy since day one. Like everyone's like, yeah, people like, oh, his new music's like for adults and everything. Like his old music was great. Like (laughs) his stuff on YouTube before he blew up was phenomenal. Like this guy's (laughs) doing it since like 07. Like y'all are just late to the game. This is not an ad, but we just yeah. love Justin Bieber. <laughs> I wanted to start kind of in the middle of your timeline, that transition from college to NFL, and then the transition out of it as well, what it was like for you. Yeah, so college to NFL was one of the most fun times of my life, like realistically, because we had the best season, like not best college season, like the best football season I've ever been a part of. We had my senior year, so we were riding high. Um, and then you, you finish the year in like January or whatever. No, December. We play our bowl game. And December is the bowl game. Late March is pro day where like all the scouts come out and watch you dress up in underwear and do your thing. <laughs> so for three and a half months, it's just like me and my best friends. Like we all signed me and my, my boys signed with the same agent. So we flew out to Texas. And for three and a half months, it's just wake up, work out eat, do yoga, work out again, go to bed. And like, that's the dream. <laughs> that, yep. that was No great. school. So, you just hang yeah. out and play football. Yeah. Hang out, awesome. play ball. Like that was great. So we did that for like four months. I really enjoyed it. But then the stressful part came right where it turned into a job. Um, and so we go do pro day. I was, I didn't get drafted, which kind of stunk. Like I knew if I got drafted, it was going to be day three. Like I had spoken to a bunch of teams. There was never a fear that I wasn't going to get an opportunity, but I was hoping like to get drafted because I don't know, that'll be cool. But I ended up honestly being in a better situation. Like if I got drafted in the sixth or seventh round, it would have been to a team that probably would have been in a bad situation just for me. Whereas signing as a free agent, you get to like pick and choose. And so as one of those guys that was kind of on the bubble to draft, not draft, I was fortunate. Like I had multiple teams I could have chosen from. It was kind of like college at that time where like you pick the best fit for you. So that was kind of weird. That was the first time that football was a business. And then you, you actually get there and it really does become a business, which I think you learn a lot about yourself in that moment legitimately going to a stadium every day to give it everything you got, knowing that like at any given moment, someone could be like, yo, coach wants to see you bring your playbook. Um, (laughs) So there's a lot of stress, but like when you step back and really appreciate what it is, like, it's awesome. I enjoyed the heck out of that time. Like I remember the first time that I took the field at middle linebacker and I look in front of me and it's like Vince Wilfork, JJ Watt, Jadavian Clowney. And I'm like, what the heck am I doing on this field? Like, what am I I doing out here? But it it was just fun. Like it's, it's weird and you had to balance all that, but it was a great time. I mean, obviously the, the level of competition stepped up. You learn a lot about how people perform at high levels in moments like that too. Like being around people that, of course, they're the people that are just so physically gifted. They're there, but some of those people had to work so hard. So you're seeing like the top performers at what they do. And so watching and being around people like that every day was phenomenal. Like it taught me so much and I carry a lot of that with me today. And then getting out of football was a fun one. I thought that I had done my whole thing, right? Went to a good high school, went to a great college, got a good education. I was like, man, I'm, I'm set when football ends. And then football ended. And I was just like, now what? <laughs> what do I do? Um, and so I was lucky, right? I had the right phone numbers to call. I knew who to t- reach out to and that kind of stuff. And even with that, like it was a long process. And so I know that there's a lot of people out there that weren't that fortunate, right? And so I know it's a tougher process for a lot of people. 
but for me, like it was about as smooth as it gets, which is not smooth, um, but definitely smoother than a lot of folks. The day after you, you were done, what was your, you woke up, what was your thought? So I called my agent, um, told him, hey man, I'm hanging it up, I'm done. And he goes, how done are you? He's like, cause there's some teams that could call. And I was like, I don't know. And he's like, he's like, if I get a call tomorrow, and they offer you a contract, you coming back. And I was like, I'm going to say no, but still let me know because I might. <laughs> let me know <laughs> so, how much they're offering. <laughs> yeah, let me know what the number is. It's funny, that option got taken away from me pretty quickly. Um, I don't know if anyone from Florida or anywhere is going to hear this, but I, uh, <laughs> the day after I called my agent, I was like, man, it's time to go, like, have a good time. So I hopped into the car, drove down to Tampa from Jacksonville to go to Gasparilla with my buddy. Oh my gosh. Um, and so, so the night <laughs> the night before Gasparilla, I go to the YMCA and I was like, let's play some basketball. And so I'm playing basketball. It's me and my buddy. Um, and then probably like 10, 15 high schoolers. Let me tell you, like, I'm glad I chose football because I stink at basketball. The most like vicious injury I've ever had in my life, I got playing pickup basketball at the YMCA oh. with high schoolers. So so the day after I the day after I retired from like NFL, right? This whole violent sport and everything, playing middle linebacker, violent position, playing pickup basketball, rupture my patella tendon. And oh. so like, which was like honestly not terrible because now I'm like in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, I know I'm definitely not going back if somebody calls me now. <laughs> like I know I'm you can call your so, agent up, look, like don't even worry about it. Right. There was no more one foot in, one foot out, like both feet in surgery was was what it was for me. <laughs> Gosh, how was that? Wow. I didn't even realize that. How was that like recovery process, especially not having, I mean, you go from, if you need an x-ray, MRI treatment, like anything, you just text your trainer, call them. How was going from not having that now? That was the wildest thing I'd ever experienced in my life. I didn't even know how to call a doctor. That's what I said. Like, I was like, what do I do? Like, I don't have trainers. Cause for us, it was like I was just used to, you know, play a football game on a Saturday or a Sunday. The next day, you just wake up assuming you're going to the hospital for an X-ray and an MRI and everything. So like you just walk in and do it. I don't really remember how I lined it up, but I ended up getting actually I went to like the emergency room down in Tampa because I was like, this knee doesn't feel so hot. I'm like hobbling around on it. Like, they walk in, I'm like, I was playing pick up basketball. I don't know what's wrong, but it, it ain't good. I promise you that. <laughs> and so they look at me and they're like you probably need to get in to like see your doctor like so I hop in the car I had to skip Gasparilla I was gonna try to oh. hop the day on it had to skip Gasparilla um went back to Jack's got in to see my doctor and, and they're like doing tests they're like we're gonna get you in for an MRI but just plan to have surgery like, like I was like it's oh. not looking good yeah and so I did the surgery but luckily luckily for me once I had the surgery I, I was going to coach at UNC and so I was right back in with all my old trainers and everything and that's so nice. a time or two in the past yeah <laughs> I know in college I had a coach and she had gotten surgery on her shoulder and she would sit next to me when we get treatment wow what a full circle nice you didn't get injured during football though oh I had plenty okay. of surgery I mean, during football I, I had those injuries too but at least those are respectable injuries you know <laughs> it wasn't against a high schooler not against a high schooler playing pickup basketball those kids are nasty though I'll say that those kids are probably in the NBA right now they have to be they hopefully are. Yeah. Uh, what significant life changes? Obviously, I guess once you were done with football, you kind of went right back into it. So I'm going to say what significant life changes when you were done coaching did you see? Um, I think that 
I realized for the first time the kind of people I've been around my whole life. Cause like, and I was talking to a friend about this. Um, I've talked to a lot of people because like as I transitioned out of sports, it has been, like I said, like one of the smoother ones for a lot of people we know. So I'll get friends hitting me up. They're thinking about transitioning out and all that stuff. And they'll ask me like, you know, what was it like? I'm like, dude, I don't think you realize that since the day you step foot in college, you've been around like the top 1% of what you're doing. Even if you never go on to play in the professionals or whatever sport it is, like even in college, if you're part of the top 1% of what you do, you don't really, this sounds terrible, but you don't really realize what level of mediocrity is just acceptable in the rest of the world. I'm like, just take the intensity that you've taken to that sport your entire life and bring it into the workforce and you'll be surprised. Like you, you might go from being like the last player on the bench and what you're doing to being like the all-star where you're at, just because like you're bringing that same level of intensity and that standard, right? Like taking the same standard. Like I was used to a world where literally like they would just tell us like, Hey, this week, this guy stinks at blocking. If he blocks you, you won't be here next week. Like you just won't have a job. And like, that's what I'm used to. And then I go to a world where like, it's just okay to be average. I'm like, what? Like this is, it's just okay to do average. And so I'm like, look, I, I promise you just pretend it's still that and you'll be all right. So that, that was the biggest thing I noticed, honestly, just that I was just so used to being around the top people at what they do that I was surprised. And that's not to say that there aren't people that work hard outside of it, but like the average person, like the bar in general is just, it sounds horrible, just a little bit lower, it seems like. I had, I was talking with someone, one of my roommates in college, and she manages people, and she was like, this girl didn't even show up to work today. She didn't even show up. <laughs> and and she was like, and my boss said, that's okay. I, you know what? It's fine. She was like, what do you mean it's fine? She didn't show up. She didn't even, she didn't get online. It's <laughs> like, so weird. But it makes life easier it's it's the wildest thing I remember when I was coaching our um our defensive coordinator sitting there one day like literally probably with the flu probably shouldn't have been at the stadium but he's like and we're, we're sitting there and he just goes I don't get it and we're like what do you mean he goes I'm here like of course I'm sick but like if I was home I wouldn't be doing anything he's like I can't believe that people in other jobs just like don't go he's like I get it like for the flu or whatever but he's he goes I've been coaching college football for 18 years I haven't had a sick day yet or like a, a vacation day yet. He's like, I just, he's like, I feel like I should just leave this and like go make a lot of money doing something else. <laughs> it's just, but it's so weird. You just forget in that little bubble that like the norms are not normal outside of that, which is probably for the best in some cases. Yeah. Um, it's like weird that. with expectations. I'm like, people are like, wow, like, aren't you tired? And I'm like, well, yeah, like, of yeah. course I'm tired. Isn't, aren't we all tired? Like, yeah. but like, you got to show up and you got to, I don't know. I'm not used to anything else. I think one of the, the funniest things, like in my an interview that I did, like a job interview, they asked me, they're like, with the end, they're like, Hey, so, and it's actually what I'm doing now. Like we're, it's teamwork, Right. And so we work in sports. And so there's some times that like, because a coach might be busy all day, like we'll do a meeting early in the morning, or a little bit later in the afternoon. And they're like, Hey, last thing before you accept this, just want to make sure you know that there might be some times that we have to do a meeting at like a, an 8.30 a.m. or maybe like a maybe like a 7.45 in the afternoon. I'm like, yeah, okay, like what's the bad part? And like you understand I'm coming from coaching where our days, if you wanted to get like our first meeting was at 7 a.m. and our last one ended at 2 a.m. And if you wanted to work out before, then you probably started at like 5 a.m. Like you're telling me, it's like you could have told me we were starting at 6 every day and I would have been ecstatic. Like yeah. <laughs> I like... 
I'm in grad school right now. So, and I work early in the morning. I usually open. So I'm up at like three Yeah. And sometimes I'll just wake up and I can't go to bed. It's like two, maybe two 30. So I'm like, I'll just do some homework. And I forget that if I text people, there's a timestamp and they'll yeah. text me back at 9am. I'm now off work. And they're like, what are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Like, Oh, I don't even think about stuff like that anymore, but so yeah. What do you miss most about football? This is going to sound terrible, but it's, and like I've always said this, I, I, I try to find the, a better word for it, but just like, I miss the collisions. The word I usually say is violence. And so I'm glad I don't say that. I didn't say this because it, it sounds bad when you say it that way. Like I understand that like within the constraints of like the game, it's okay. But like, I miss just that. Like I, I miss, um, it, it, like I miss the physical part of it. Uh, there's nowhere you can do that outside of it. I don't think that it's okay, obviously. And I don't plan on going to jail or anything. So that's not anything I'm looking forward to. But I, I genuinely miss just running into people for two hours a day, every day, which is probably what people think football players are psychotic. Um, you are, I, I've always said like 98% of football players, once you get into college are just wired wrong. And I, I won't say different, like wrong. Like we're not built the right way. <laughs> Um, but I, I miss it. Like, I, and besides that, so I don't sound as crazy to other people. I think the next part I miss is just like the camaraderie. I miss like the locker room. I miss being around all my friends all the time. Like I told people, they're like, Hey, like, do you have your own place? I just got my own place. and I hate it. I lived alone in Houston and it was miserable. Like I was never home alone. Like I would just go to other people's houses all the time. It's like, I don't ever want to be alone. Like I'm used to being in a locker room with a hundred people. Yeah. I don't need to be alone with my own thoughts. It's a terrifying place. And so, so I miss like the camaraderie and, and like the hashtag brotherhood, whatever you want to call it. Um, and just the people like some you meet some of the coolest people. You learn so much about each other. It's tough to replicate that anywhere else. Like you don't spend that much time with anyone else. Like your teammates, you're with them all the time. Shoot, you shower with them like yeah. there. You know everything about your teammates. <laughs> And so, like, I, I won't go to work and like, yo, like, let's hop in the shower. You can't do that at work, you know? And so. You I, could. I, you but could. you might not have a job. You, yeah, you wouldn't be there very long. But, <laughs> but you, you don't get that outside of it. And so just some of those small things, like how close you have people, the, the amount you know them. Like, I think that's why those friends end up being like the lifelong ones. Like, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say I'll probably never officiate a wedding for someone that I worked with. Because, like, that's you don't right. shower with them. You don't do that stuff all the time. You, you spend all your holidays with these teammates. And so you get so close. It, it truly is like a family. Have you found anything that helps supplement that first violence and then second of all, the camaraderie? I still, my teammates think I'm psychotic. I still work out like I, like I play football. And so I try to like push it to the point that like, like I send them and this is going to sound terrible. I, I send them like Snapchats of me, like puking from my workout. So like, why, like, what are you doing? So stuff like that, like just trying to put myself back in that mental state, because I do think it makes me a better person too. Um, and then like the camaraderie, I I'll never give that up. I mean, anytime I can, I I'm lucky that I'm in the middle of the East Coast and most of my teammates I play with are on the East Coast. I can hop in a car and go see most of my friends within like three, four hours. Like I drive between driving like up to DC and down to Florida, like I can hit 30, 40 old teammates. A lot of them are still in this area. So I still spend an inordinate amount of time with my teammates. People make fun of me. I'm in like, my phone's always blown up. I'm in like 40 group texts. <laughs> I have, my buddy that was just here a minute ago, he's like, I don't have a single text thread with Shaggy. He's like, I've known him since 2011. I don't have a single text with him where it's just him and I. Like, 
anytime he texts me, he's texting a group. There's like nine of us in it. And it's, oh, it's no. like, I hate it. Oh, I love it. I know group messages are like the greatest and the worst if you step away from your phone for more than five minutes. I'll look at my phone. And I'm like, how do I have 80 messages? And I'm, I'm really bad at checking my phone. So like I'm the person with, I always have at least 30 unopened messages, Instagram messages. I always have at least like 20 and oh. it's, it stresses me out so much. And every night I'll like go through and respond, but yeah, group messages are the greatest and also like the death of me. Absolutely. Because uh, it's so easy, like you said, it's so easy to like step away for an hour and come back like 150 messages. Yes. And they're reading. so funny and I love them. And that's yeah. why like, I'll, I also too will be in a public area, like laughing so hard, but then I can't explain it to someone because I'm like, this is not appropriate to tell anyone. <laughs> yeah, <they should laughs> the light of day. Like no one can see this. <laughs> what was the hardest part of the transition for you? Would you say like, did you struggle personally with the most? I think just understanding what I wanted to do, like understanding, I knew I wanted to stay in sports, but I was like, where? I think it's understanding what I wanted to do. And part of that was understanding what's out there. Like at first, I just thought like, if you want to be around sports, you'd have to like work for an athletic department, work for a front office, or you have to um, like work for a team. And I've come to realize that like, there is pretty much anything you could do in business. Like there's a business of it that's associated with sports. And so it was just finding what it was because so much, sports just took so much time to dedicate to it if you wanted to be good you had to dedicate so much time to it and with that like I just didn't focus on what was outside of it like I was so narrow focused I guess the whole time which is great for sports but when the lights shut off it's like okay what's that what else is out there and I think it was just understanding that was the toughest part did you have the opportunity to have internships at all during your athletic career the only time was off season when I was in Houston. So while I was, I was up there for a full season and off season in the next, the beginning of the next season. So during that off season, I did like an internship with, um, with Under Armour, but in college, like no shot, like never had any time for that. I know a lot of schools now are like having internships pop up that like count as course credit. So some, some like athletes can do that, but we didn't have that when I was there. And so I, I was not going to like waste my weekends doing an internship and I absolutely wasn't doing it on top of class. So there were no interns for me. <laughs> Did you have any hobbies before football during new ones after? Um, hobbies, hobbies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I always said my hobby was soccer. Yeah. Like my hobby was watching football and watching, not even just football. Like I love just all sports. So hobbies were just like watching sports, hanging out. I think that now, it's weird to call it a hobby, I guess, but I, I've enjoyed and started like look at lifting in a different way. Like it felt like in sports when I was playing, it was like, not that I didn't enjoy it, but I saw it more of like something I had to do. It's like a task. And then once I got done playing, like I, I did the old classic, like, oh, I'm not going to lift anymore. Like I'm going to do such lightweights and just stretch all the time. I'm like three weeks in, I was like, this is brutal. And so I started to like really get invested in it, like look at other things and find really interesting ways to like lift now and things that are fun. And so I think that's become a little bit of a hobby and I like to like change it up. Like I, uh, I got a Peloton recently. Someone bet me like I couldn't ride it for a certain distance. I, I just rode 125 miles. So I think the hobby has just become like doing fun, challenging things. Yeah. <laughs> How would you describe yourself as when you were competing and now as a person? As a person? It's fun because I don't think it ever changed. 
like I think a lot of people and there's nothing wrong with it but they have to go like a different headspace to to be able to compete at the level they want to and like kind of become a different person and people have those like different personalities almost like I um even in high school I had friends are like it's really weird playing against you because like you're the only person that during a play you could look at and is like smiling and laughing like you're it's like because I genuinely enjoyed it and so sure I like I'm not smiling and laughing like playing football anymore but like I'm smiling and laughing doing all this stuff like I it was truly the whole time through a game for me so I never really changed with it like from the time I was four until I was 24 it was the same thing to me like the people got bigger stronger faster and the hits hurt a little more but like it was it was fun <laughs> I enjoyed every minute of it and so I didn't have to be someone other than who I was obviously like I think I've matured and stuff but I don't think it ever affected who I was and so the whole time like I've just been laughing having a good time through it yeah. what is something that would have made the transition easier I think if I had started prepare for it on the front end, I think more internships, just being exposed to more, like talking to people. There's, you hear so often, like people are like, oh, like if you ever need anything, hit me up. Like, I, like you have these resources, but again, college realistically, I'm like, I don't want to come home from a run and a lift and all these classes and like call some person and pick their brain about their job. Like I want to go to sleep. Yeah. So I think when possible, doing some of that would have been great because that's what I did when I got done. Like when I was ready to get out, I was like, all right, who was it that said to give them a call? And I started calling those people and talking to them. And like, that's how I landed where I'm at. So if I had done that a little bit earlier, maybe it did would have led to some internships or, or some different ideas a little bit quicker. So I yeah. think just being exposed to more earlier. We have two questions left. So if you could tell yourself something, tell yourself something when you were an athlete. So you right now, tell yourself something when you, I cannot speak. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Okay, I'm going to ask it again. Here we go. If you could ask yourself, no, we're going to cut that out too. Cut that out. <laughs> if you now could tell yourself something when you were competing, what would you say? I think that I was would have told myself like, it won't last forever. Like make the most out of every moment. I like to think I did that, but I feel like there's always something that you left on the table. Like, I feel like maybe I would have gone in more on weekends and worked out. Like, I think that I would have told myself it won't last forever, both on the field and off it. Like, I wish that I would have treated every year of college the way I treated my senior year. And I wish that I would have treated like every game, like I treated my last season. And so I would have reminded myself of that. And I also would have reminded myself that or told myself that there is a life after football, like that it does end at some point. It's so weird. Like I, I knew the whole time. It's like, you know, that it has to end at some point, but you're like, eh, that's never going to come. Like, yeah, you I'll know, deal with it when it comes. Yeah. Yeah. And it comes a lot quicker than you realize. And so those have been two things just that I reminded myself that like, Hey, like it's going to end, like appreciate it, have a good time and give it everything you got. Yeah. That is an awesome, I would have loved to hear that. So I'm sure other people would too. Yeah. So final question, walkout song of your life, what would it be? Walkout song of my life. I know that's a big one. Like what, like what am I walking out? This is like, this is my birth song, like walking out. This is like, well, good question. Um, Just a song that would like describe if you were doing a walkout, you have like all your experiences here, all your people what would what would it sound like it doesn't have to be pump up it could be I want to say I want to give it something from Bieber but that's so tough to like narrow it down from him I think off the top of my head though 
And Bieber, I say Bieber's going to kill me as if he knows who I am. Um, <laughs> I'm going to come off of Bieber for this one. So this won't be on brand. But what I'll do is I'll say um, the Higher Love, the, the remix of Higher Love by Kygo. Okay. I love that song. I love Higher Love. I love the original version. But I also love Kygo, and he, he made that thing great. I love that Ali Love, one of my favorite Peloton instructors, ends all of her Sundays with love classes with it. It's my favorite part. So as I'm sitting there, like, pedaling my heart out, puking, higher love comes on, and it gives me what I need to keep it moving. Oh, my gosh. I love that. Dang. <laughs> I know. Peloton is, like, I tried it one time. It was so hard. It's a cult, and I love it. Like, And I like the high fives. everybody i I have this um this saying this i guess it's like my my peloton mantra every time i get on and this is awful like i don't recommend this for anyone every time i get on the peloton i tell myself puke or pr like those are my two options (laughs) if i don't set a new personal record i better puke trying and those are the only two options like i won't get off the peloton without doing where the other (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's a great mantra i feel like you could use that for life too i have like all my my alarms and everything on my phone are just the most absurd quotes but it just give me some give me some examples moderation is for cowards and like <laughs> obviously like there are spaces where like that's not the model and like you have to acknowledge that but also it just reminds me every time I see it that like if you're gonna do it like go for it like yeah. if like, there don't dip a toe in the water like if you're gonna do this thing like go get after it I'll sit there I'm like am I gonna work out today it's like if I'm gonna work out I'm not going to go and like maybe break a sweat. Like I'm going to try to kill myself in there. And if I'm not going to do that, I might as well keep eating Cheetos on the couch. And that's cool too. But I better eat a whole lot of Cheetos. <laughs> Whatever I'm doing, I'm going to do it. Make big. it worth it. Yeah, make it worth it. Like, oh, that's yeah. awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you making the time. I know work is crazy and life gets busy. So thanks so much. A good time. I appreciate you having me. And I'm sorry for anyone that hears this. Uh, please don't be like me. Like I'm all jacked up in the head. So.